Welcome to Bent Not Broken. Are you looking for some motivation? Do you want some advice on positive mindset? Or maybe you're just interested in how some of today's great athletes and coaches reach their potential. Take a moment and hear from some of the country's leading athletes, coaches, leaders, and those just looking to make an impact on their community and those listening. Discover how to turn obstacles and setbacks into a springboard to be the best version of you. We are humbled to have you join us. Please subscribe and remember, sometimes we are all a little bent, but we are never broken. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show, Bent But Not Broken. We couldn't be more excited to have today's guest on. I'm going to go through a rundown of all the the fantastic things that she's achieved in her years. Our guest today is Olympian Michelle Carter. Michelle reached her life's goal in 2016 by winning the gold medal in the Rio Olympic Games. Beginning her throwing career in 1997 while a junior high schooler, Michelle is a three-time Olympian as well as a world championship gold medalist. She's excelled at the national and international level for 15 years. While in high school, Michelle captured eight Texas state titles in shot and discus, as well as two national girls shot put records and the Texas state record for discus. Michelle first donned the USA jersey in 2001 in the World World Youth Championships, where she won a silver and has been collecting Team USA jerseys ever since. She's followed in her footsteps of her father by making her first Olympic team, and she completed an epic double in 2013, capturing gold at the USA Indoor and USA Outdoor Champions. Michelle won gold at the 2016 World Indoors, and obviously we know her for her Olympic performance in Rio when Michelle succeeded at winning the gold medal and setting the American record at the event. Most notably, Michelle has become the first United States female athlete to win that event since the competition began in 1948. Michelle was born in Texas. Um, since, since then, went on to do some great things. You would probably familiar with her as you follow her on Instagram and her social media as the Shot Diva. Uh, Michelle has spoken to diverse groups on topics of body image, goal setting, self-confidence, and she's had recent appearances at the Metropolitan Museum of Arts, Creative Convening in New York City, the Rachel Ray Show, and the United States of Women. Just some of the stuff that she's done that's out there right now that you might be familiar with. Um, Michelle um, has founded One Shot, the first American woman to win Olympic gold for Team USA. And um, One Shot strives to empower and encourage youth and communities in self-awareness and confidence building through their programs and events. She also has a program called You Throw Girl, a scholarship fund for female athletes from grades 6 through 12 with full and partial scholarships as part of a camp tuition that they will attend. She's part of the Fuel Up program that provides track teams in the Dallas-Fort Worth area with healthy meals and snacks. And also she is part of a program called I'm Supported, which is a program for providing female athletes with proper sports bras applied for uh, excuse me, apply. I am for support coming soon. If you'd like to donate, please check out her website, which we will give you at the end of the show today. And without further ado, I couldn't be happier and more honored to welcome our guest, Olympian Michelle Carter. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. So just, you know, 
share a little bit with us, um, you know, right off the bat, kind of the relationship with your dad, because we know that he was a big part of your life in the coaching. And, and in today's day and world, there's a lot of coaches, both moms and dads that yeah. want to try to get involved in that. And as you know, sometimes that can be kind of a hairy situation. So, you know, how do you guys navigate that? Um, having my dad as my coach has definitely been a process. Uh, we, when I was young, of course, it was a little different. But when I got older, especially after college, that's when it was really rough because I'm like, Dad, I'm grown now. Like, I know something. But um, one thing that my dad was really big on, he didn't want to make me do anything I didn't want to do. But at the same time, if I was committed or I um, said this is what I wanted to do, he also wanted me to see it out. He didn't want me to quit. But which I can feel, um, because he was my dad, it was really hard to see him as my coach. And there were days that we're going back and forth because he'll say something and I'll just start crying, right? Because when your parents <laughs> say something to you, it's different than yep. someone else saying it to you. So it was like trying to find this balance. And after a day of practice, we both mad at each other. I'm not talking to him. He's not talking to me. And my mom trying to figure out what happened. And she has to be the mediator between the two. It took a lot of practice. But I think at, at one point is when everything kind of clicked by my dad was so hard on me was because he saw the potential of what I could potentially do. He knew I could be great and he didn't want me to waste it. He didn't want me not to reach my potential. So he was hard on me. He pushed me. And at times I didn't like that, but it was good because he was able to see something and bring something out of me that I didn't have in myself. But at times he did have to let me do my own thing and let me figure it out on my own. And I did. I have to be able to see it because a tip for parents, you could think your child is going to be the greatest thing ever, but if they don't want it, you can't make them want it. It's not going to work. It's not going to work that way. Um, so you, you do want to have that balance into pushing them um, to be their best, but then also realizing if this is something they really don't want to do, because if you, they don't really don't want to do it, it's going to be a headache for both of you all for no reason. Yeah, you bet. Now, when did when did dad start working with you? What age were you when he started? Um, I was in seventh grade. Seventh grade. And did you participate in other sports, Michelle? Or was the track and field kind of just something that you were always, you know, kind of always drawn or gravitated towards? No, I did participate in other sports. My first sport was soccer. I was a goalie. I got hit in the face one too many times with the ball, and I said I was done. Um, and then my second sport was actually basketball. And my dad was actually my coach in basketball before he was my coach in track and field because uh, I went to a small private school at my church and the boys had a team and I wanted to play. So I ended up joining the boys team. But then when other girls saw me play, they was like, well, we want to play too. And, uh, so we formed a girls team, but we didn't have a coach. Nobody wanted to coach the girls. So then my dad stepped up and was like, you know what? I'll coach the girls. So I had my dad as a basketball coach, but that was different simply yeah. because I, it wasn't just me and him all the time. It was me and like yep. 10 other girls that, uh, he could share the attention and we had to work together. So I was kind of used to having my dad around, but it was different when it was really that one-on-one attention between, um, between the two of us. And it was just me and him. Sure. Now, how did Michelle, how did the, how did that kind of relationship grow? Like you had talked about, you know, at certain ages and stuff. Well, as we start to get aged out, you're like, yeah, dad, I kind of know that. Well, 
by the time you're participating in the Olympics and doing stuff, I mean, obviously at that point, you, you know, a lot, um, at that point. So how did that relationship kind of mature between the two of you as you started to get towards that peak of your career? Well, yeah. Um, it was more so like, okay, if I had an idea and I wanted to try something, and I knew it was normally against what my dad would normally try to do. I had to make sure I had the evidence to back up that what I was trying to do would actually work. Like, it had to make sense. I just couldn't just come up with something and be like, well, this is what I want to do. He's going to ask me why and how. How is it going to benefit you? Where is this going to fit into the training? And how did you come up with it? And so I started to kind of... Um, rally for myself a little bit like hey dad I was thinking this this is why I was thinking about doing it this is how I see it working out what do you think and then he may say yes or no well let me see or let's try it and then over time he was like okay maybe you do know what you're talking about sometimes so then we were able to kind of build that trust between the two of us as I was not just coming up with stuff to do but also proving that I did the research and this is why I think it will work okay cool um Michelle, at any point in time, whether it was young, old, even at the Olympic level, because I like to teach our athletes that listen and our coaches and our families that listen to this podcast that, you know, they'll see an athlete like you and they're like, man, they've got it made. This was easy for them. Can you share some times when it was really, really difficult that you didn't even maybe know that you would make it through or ever get here and adversity kind of set in and you were able just to kind of have a change of mindset? change the way you thought and turn that to the positive for yourself yes you do because um when you especially when you learn a new skill or you're trying to perfect a skill it's difficult and it's really easy to get down on yourself especially like for me when in, in the middle of transitions like transitioning from high school to college and then from college to pro like those transition moments are when you feel the most insecure you're unsure if you're gonna fit in this new realm is this gonna work for me and that's when I really had to like dig down and really keep my mindset positive in those moments when it was the hardest because that was gonna be the time where it felt easier to quit because transition is really like when you come against something not even just transition I would just say but transition are always little hard areas but yep. when you come across something that kind of like a sticking point or a place where you always get stuck or this is always the we were um yeah just kind of talking about that inverse adversity thing with you yeah. know yeah so yeah and that's so in the times when I know something is hard when I come across adversity or when uh, I feel like, okay, I'm not sure what to do. I, that's when I dig in. It's a little bit harder. That's a cue for me because I know that when times get hard on the other side of that is always something great. So that's how I like to look at it. So then when hard times come, I don't give up because I know that this is a cue for me that when something gets hard, they mean something great is coming. No, I love that. I think, and we've talked about that with some of our athletes here is sometimes we, and I'm not sure why, but we're fearful of the hard. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm not sure why that is. I don't know if we're just taught that at a young age, that that's a bad thing. Um, I think we're starting to look at it a little bit differently today and learn yeah. from laws and changes and things like that. But for whatever reason, um, we do do that. Um, Michelle, just kind of share some, you know, like who's maybe, and maybe it is dad because we talked about, but who has been some of the most influential people in your life that have gotten you to this point mentors whatever it may be 
Yes, I will definitely have to say my parents for sure. Um, they were like the first people who really pushed me and encouraged me just to be me at the yep. end of the day. They definitely encouraged me to do that. Um, I, I will definitely say my college coach, uh, Rose Brimmer, is someone who's really uh, that poured into me as well. And, and um, I mean, there's just so many people along the way that kind of just came. It, it may not have been someone who just been in my life for a long time, but sometimes it's those people who just say the right thing when they didn't even know what was going on, but they had a kind word to say or a word of encouragement to me that meant a lot to me. So there's a lot of different things that I kind of just pick up and take with me along the way. Some people don't even know um, that the word that they say they said to me in that moment really helped me move to the next phase or really helped me in that moment. But um, I just try to look at everything around me and pick up the positive things and pick up the wisdom and pick up the jewels along the way um, in life from everyone and everything. That's awesome. Um, Michelle, I had a little bit of a brief conversation not too long ago with a mutual friend of ours in Goody Goodlow, and he's like, this would be a great topic for you guys to talk about. With everything going on right now, with all the issues in our crazy mixed up world, with the injustices of things going on, the whole black-white mix, and I'll admit, I'm a white mm -hmm. guy in the white capital of the world in the Midwest, you know, and there's things that I get we don't understand, um, but both of you and I are both in the world of sports, what are some yeah. things that we can do working together by using sports to maybe help with some of these things that are going on in the world today, especially with our young kids so that it's better than what we're going through now? Yes. Like um, I would say you have to be intentional about your relationships um, on and off the field. Uh, Cause I do see that there are some times or some things that happen um, especially in track and field where, where groups kind of just group together just because it's kind of like familiar for you. Sure. Um, like, like say the long distance group together, the throwers group together, um, and football, the linemen group together. But we just start to be a little bit more intentional and watch our own patterns of who we choose to hang out with the most. And sometimes we can even realize that we're uh, cutting ourselves short by limiting who we hang out with. And to branch out a little bit more to groups that you probably didn't, um, wouldn't think to talk to first or to reach out to, like, just go outside that comfort zone. Because it's funny, because when you have your training groups, you're with your training group. But when it's time for us to be a team, then we're all mixed in. But we shouldn't only be a team when it counts. We need to be a team at all times. So I would say, like, even on and off the off the field you want to just look at your group and who you're hanging around and be inclusive and diversify um who you spend your time with and you never know who you might um pick up or learn from or add to your life that will make your life so much better along the way well that's great advice i love that do you do you, or did you have any experiences like that growing up through sports where you just felt like something just wasn't super fair or just wasn't given the shot? Uh, yes, because for a long time, I was the only black thrower that was throwing at a high level. There weren't many people who looked like me um, at the meets I was going to, at the competitions I was going to. It was very few. Um, but this is where I know where representation matters because now there are more women of color um, throwing is because they saw me throwing. And 
also knowing that I help encourage other people like, hey, you belong in this area too, um, makes a big difference. So that I could go into a lot of different situations where I knew that because of the color of my skin, I did not get the opportunity I should have um, based off of my skill and what I have done and proven myself. But because of the color of my skin, I do not get treated fairly. But I look at it this way. It's their loss, not mine. And I will get my blessing one way or the other. It may not come from them willingly. Sometimes they're forced to do things they don't want to do because you have to do right by people, period. But um, so I, I, you know, sometimes people don't even know they're doing it um, because they, they write a lot of things off as preference. Like just because you prefer somebody white doesn't mean you can't pay somebody black the same thing you will pay somebody white, especially if their conditions are better or equal to. Mm-hmm. So we just have to be more mindful about what we choose to see or what we prefer. And is it actually really fair or how we choosing to go about the way we go about the things we do? No, I kind of like what you touched on too. Like if we don't let people in just based on what we see, you know, mm-hmm. what do we miss out on? I mean, just a simple conversation, like for you and I, I mean, I've never met you in person, you know, so there's a lot of things that I can take from you that just by picking up the phone call and you and agreeing to take our call, um, you know, the things that I can learn from you, or maybe that you can learn from me that if we just don't take that initial leap of faith and do that, I mean, we, we, we miss out on some great qualities that someone can bring something very special to our life. Yes. Very true. Now, what about Michelle too? What about also, just the male female side of things as well. Um, Cause as we know, that's a big thing. It kind of started with women's soccer, especially at the Olympic level, you know, the differentiation of pay. Um, what is that like in track and field with the differences between the male side and the female side? Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to prize money, uh, track and field is probably one of the few um, entities who actually pay men and women the same when it comes to prize money. Now, when it comes to contracts, that's a different situation (laughs) and little control that we have over that. But we're we're really fighting to have that um, equaled out uh, because if a a, a male thrower wins gold and I win gold, what we make should be comparable to each other. It should be off, maybe off a little bit just because of how you negotiate your contract and all those things. Right. A lot of variations will go into that, but it should be the same. Now, I can't speak for anybody else's contract, but a lot of times I do think it can't be the same. Like, I, I don't believe that's the same, even though um, people may try to say it is, but there's too much evidence for me to say that I can't say that it actually is. But we know traditionally men do get paid more, especially in my event when people actually want to see men throw the shot put. Not too many people really want to watch women throw the shot put because they say it's not sexy. I mean, you know, it's not the sexy thing to do. So our event isn't like the most popular or the one that everybody wants to go see, but doesn't mean that what I do and my skill is not worth um, the same pay as somebody else's who do the same thing that I do. Or and a lot of times they don't even have the credentials I have and get paid more than I do. And that should not be the case. I agree. I a hundred percent agree with that. I mean, if we can narrow that gap even a little bit, it would be a step in the, in, a, in the right direction. Michelle, yeah. you've got a ton of cool things going on out there. I know um, I, I got a message from one of our throwers coaches down South here in the Valley a little bit. And he's like, 
you have to ask her about her youth throw girl program and talk a little yes. bit. You know you're in some things called like fuel up and, and other stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on and some things that you'd like to share just to kind of get the name of those things out there a little bit, and maybe a little bit about what those programs are. Yeah, so I have a, a, a girls camp called You Throw Girls Sports Confidence Campus for young female athletes from sixth grade to 12th grade. And I just want to build them up with confidence in who they are as young women on and off the field. Uh, when I look at sports camps, a lot of sports camps just focus on the skill and the sport. But I feel like female athletes were more than just an athlete and if I can build them up in believing who they are as just a young woman that it will even amplify what they do on the field but it's really hard to uh, only believe in one part of yourself and that's something that I learned along the way I can't only believe in Michelle the athlete and I don't believe in Michelle the person but when I believe in both of them I'm just twice as powerful and that unstoppable and so that's what I want to pour into these young female athletes to have them know that they are worthy, they are more than enough, and how great and how beautiful they are outside of their skill. And that when they believe that, it just amplifies their skills so much more. Um, and I also have my nonprofit, which is called One Golden Shots. And at my nonprofit, we provide scholarships for girls to attend Youth Throw Girls Sports Confidence Camp. Because we get girls from all over the country, and sometimes it's hard to pay for plane tickets and yep. um, camp fees, and then parents are trying to come. So I try to uh, offer scholarships to girls so that it they can get to the camp, and I can help them and have that one-on-one time with them. And not just with me at the camp. I have tons of my Olympian friends who are there um, with me at the camp. And so that's one program. My second program at One Golden Shot, it's called Fuel Up, is where I am providing snacks and meals for track teams in the Dallas-Fort Worth area um, for the track meet days. So when they have competitions, you're out there for hours. Some meets, you might be out there for 12 hours. And I realized the kids really don't have the food that they need to sustain them all day long. And it's not a good feeling to compete on an empty stomach. So I want to help provide the teens who can't afford to feed their kids properly and help give them that support so the kids can be their very best, especially on game day. Awesome. Um, and then my, my, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I know. Oh, what, uh, go on. No, you're good. Okay. My last program is called I'm Supported. And I'm supported with that. I'm trying to, um, um, support young female athletes with the proper sports bras uh, because that's the thing. <laughs> uh, people don't really know, okay, what should I do? What size? How? Like a good sports bra matters, especially when it comes to um, confidence and that young female athlete to go out there and be free to compete and not have to worry about what her body is doing. So, um, so that's the program that I started to help provide young women with sports bras so they can feel confident when they're on the field and don't have to worry about anything. They're free to compete. Now, have some apparel companies stepped up to help with that and the design of those? or? Well, no, that was actually really new. Because well, what I used to do, I just started, I just started donating uh, sports bras because my sister is a coach. And okay. she lets me know when there's a girl who needs something or some girls that she sees. And I'll just donate. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I should start a program for this because this is something that really is in need. And so that one's brand new. Awesome. Well, how long ago, uh, Michelle, did you start these? 
I started You Throw, actually, I had been talking about You Throw Girl probably for 10 years, but I officially launched it in 2017. Um, and then same, well, and then one golden shot came in 2018, in 2018, the year after it. Okay. Now for the You Throw Girl scholarship, is that something that the athletes have to come to you or say, for example, if Wisconsin wanted to host one and bring you into town, it's something that you would travel and do for as well. Yes, that's something I would definitely want to do. Right now, um, the only reason why I haven't traveled because I'm still competing and sure. I, I hold it in the summertime. Yep. But when I retire, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to bring you throw girl all over the world. Okay. Well, we can definitely hook you up with some people up here that um, I know would love to have you. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you. Yep, you bet. Um, do you have any one of those that's kind of like your favorite, one that you lean to, or they just kind of all tie together for you? Um, the, um, the, the programs? Yeah, yeah. Of course, I, I, I probably I do the most with You Throw Girl for sure, but I think one that's really near and dear to my heart is I'm Supported because um, – I did have proper sports bras, but when you're going through that awkward moment as a young lady, when things are just growing and you don't know what to do with it, that's a vulnerable time. And I think like for helping those young girls through those transitions and giving them the information and the supplies they need during that time and even educating the parents, because sometimes we get single fathers who have a young lady and they're like, um, Hey, I don't know what to do about this. Can you help me? Like I get those types of DMS. So this one is special to me because I understand like the insecurity when you don't have that proper equipment to feel confident to do what you do. So that, that one right there is kind of like really special for me. And it's a sensitive subject for young women. And that all ties back into what you said about kind of helping these athletes like feel good about self body image and all that kind of stuff and how it transfers over to their game. Yeah, it does. Very cool. Michelle, what type of things do you have else going on now? I know you said that you're in the process of training and what does all that look like now with the COVID situation? Are you able to continue with that? Oh, but actually before I get to that real quick, um, and I'll make note of it here, but if somebody would like to donate to any of those programs for you, where can they go to find that information? Yes, you can go to onegoldenshot.org and all the information is there. You could donate specifically to a program or you could just donate to onegoldenshot.org in general and we distribute the funds that way. Okay. Awesome. I'll make sure to get that out for you and I'll put that on our, when we post that on our website and stuff like that. So if anybody around here doing that, that would be great. Um, Okay. So now jumping again, back to my original question here is with the COVID situation and stuff like that, what has that done for your training? Is it allowing you to still keep doing some things or where do you stand with all that? Yeah, so I'm I'm still able to do some. I was able to really I started collecting um gym equipment. Um I was looking on Facebook Marketplace, I was on Amazon, going yeah. different places, just finding gym equipment to have at home. So I have a good amount of stuff I can do at home. I don't have everything. So I've been working out in my garage and I actually just started back working out this week. And my daddy and I was trying to figure out, okay, what's the plan? Like what am I missing? And if I need to find another place to live to get those other things that I don't have in trying to figure that out but right now I'm in the garage so I'll lift weights at home and then I'll still go throw because the field is open um I could just go and throw whenever I want to so for the most part I can do most of what I need to do right now 
Okay, cool. Well, Michelle, as some of our young kids might be kind of in the same boat that you are right now, but probably locked down maybe a little tighter than you are. If we've got any of the young athletes or even coaches out there that are listening and kind of struggling with what do we do? How do we get through this time? Is there any kind of a a mindset or a words of encouragement message that you could kind of give them? Yes. What I would say is don't look at what you can't do. Find out what you can do. Because it's really easy to look at, well, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do this. But there's so many things that you can do. You just have to be creative. Um, I know for me in the beginning, I didn't have any weights, and we couldn't go anywhere. I was just at home. So doing your push-ups, your sit-ups, your lunges, things with body weights. Um, If you can go for a jog, go for a jog. If you can walk, walk. There's so many at-home workouts you can do that's on the internet. Like There's so many possibilities for you to do something. Don't let this be a moment where you use it as an excuse to regress when you can still progress by finding something you can do. Be creative and find what you can do. Don't look at what you can't do. Excellent message. Thank you, Michelle. Well, Michelle, as we wrap up, one of the kind of things that I kind of ask all of our guests that we have kind of come on is, would you mind sharing kind of a favorite favorite book or something like that that you've read recently that um, you would recommend to somebody, maybe even a, another podcast or a, a video message, something that yeah. uh, kind of triggers you? Man, right now, my favorite person to listen to is Eric Thomas, the hip-hop preacher. I have been listening to him for years. He's a motivational speaker. And he's not just the one that's going to make you feel good. They really, really hone in on personal development. Let's not just be the best athlete, but can you be the best person, the best brother, the best sister, the best daughter, cousin, sister, for whatever it is that you can be the best? Why not be the best at everything that you do and not just one area in your life and I I really love that podcast because it does challenge me and to look at all the areas am I giving 100 percent in everything that I do and if I'm not I have to go back and go to the drawing board and figure out okay why am I not doing this and what can I do different to be better in in all the areas of my life and um, so I really enjoy that podcast and he has it on the videos on YouTube he has all kind of content out there so if you google it you'll find it it'll pop right up Okay, we'll be sure to check that out, and we'll list that in there as well. Michelle, where we uh, get a chance to maybe see you perform next with everything going on? What's what's? Oh man, I how- have no idea. I have no idea how um, the season is going to um, work itself out next year. I didn't get to compete at all in 2020, so, so I'm not sure exactly how 2021 is going to look for me right now. But if you're following me on social media at Shot Diva. I'm, I will announce it so people will know and can look forward to that. Awesome. Michelle, it was actually a pleasure talking to you. I can't thank you enough for taking the time. We will make sure that we get all of your social media info out there and the place to donate to your uh, wonderful organizations. Um, I think just as a person, um, not just as a track and field person, but as a person in general, I think the stuff that you're doing, I love the causes. I think they're great. Um, so just from my behalf, Thank you so much for doing that. We're going to do our best to push that out for you. And hopefully maybe we can get some um, donations sent your way as well to try to help out a little bit if we can. Um, But we just want to wish you all the best and just really, truly, truly appreciate the time you've taken with us here today and the message that you've given us. Yes, no problem. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome, Michelle. Take care now.
All right. Bye. Bye.